As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. is going on on a beautiful Monday, May 17th, 2021. I'm John Middlecoff. This is the 3 and Out Podcast. Thanks for coming by, showing up, listening again. Appreciate it. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, we had a lot going on this weekend with rookie mini camps. We're going to do a deep swan dive into some of the stories that came out about rookie minicamps. Urban Meyer, got to start with him. He said something that I went, uh, that's not good. Trey Lance, Justin Fields, some rookie debuts at minicamps that had like a total of like 25 players each. Najee Harris said something at Steeler Camp that really jumped out to me. Uh, and then, of course, Middlecoff Mailbag, at John Middlecoff, is the Instagram handle. Slide in those DMs. You get answered here on the show. As well as, uh, if you listen on Collins' feed, subscribe to the 3 and Out feed, leave a review. Would greatly appreciate that. Thank you very much for uh, for all the people that tell their friends and the people that have left reviews and people that subscribe to the podcast. This wouldn't be possible without you. So I tip my hat. Thank you. Big week. Big week. Let's dive into Urban Meyer. And I, I saw this story over the weekend. I immediately wrote it down on my notepad. I have a little three and out, a little inside the pod where I just keep tabs of different stories that I want to talk about if I see something good, especially in the offseason when there's not much going on. So I see something, I'll either immediately forward it to my email or write it down in the notepad. This was one I had circled. And Urban Meyer said something after practice and really go back to the draft when they drafted Travis Etienne, the running back number 25th overall. He had said that he's going to be the third string running back. I don't, that's, it was kind of like, whoa, but it's like, whatever, draft night, just move on. They had practice over the weekend, rookie minicamps, uh, which I, I wouldn't make too much of a rookie minicamp, good, bad, whatever. But he said something that is 
pretty much a head scratcher. And he took Travis Etienne, who's been a star running back, who, listen, I, I thought fringe first round pick, early second round pick, like he went where he should have went. Three down running back, big time player. Urban Meyer doesn't view him as a running back. Moved him to wide receiver. His quote after practice was, worst case scenario, you have a running back that's elite with receiver skills. Which, I got no problem cross-training players. Working on wheel routes, throwing in the ball, working with the jugs machine. But when his skill in the first round, like, I, I have no problem doing projects in the third, fourth, fifth round. Julian Edelman, college quarterback, moved to wide receiver. Seventh round pick. In the first round, which, let's face it, a little bit of a weird pick, right? But let's let's even just take a step back. Because I remember Coward had this take with John Gruden. He said, he's not going to do well. And I'm like, I don't know, Colin. I, I think he's going to be a pretty good coach. His whole take on Gruden was, you don't take 10 years off in a high-level business, regardless of the industry, NFL, finance, insurance, tech, you name it. And just think you can come back and hit the ground running. He's like, it's going to be a problem. Disaster. He was right. Because that transition is difficult. Now, Urban only took two years off. And unlike Gruden, who even his last several years in Tampa were bad, Urban, when he coached, elite. Dominated Utah, dominated Florida. Even though his program, you know, was like the wire meets playmakers. Obviously, Ohio State kicked ass. Beat Saban in a game for all the marbles. Playoffs. Won the national championship. Urban's a big-time coach. No one's ever argued that. But unlike Gruden, who just went away, there's always been a question with college coaches making the transition. And just speaking for myself, I, I never worked at, like, Ohio State, Florida level, but Fresno State, we were Division I. And I remember making the jump to the Eagles, and it was, I, I was swimming. I remember in training camp, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to last. And I just spent two years at Fresno State, Pat Hill, who worked in the NFL, we produced an NFL players. Like, it was a serious pressure pack. Like, I, I, I felt every day, you know, walking into that building, I felt pressure. So it wasn't like I was just, you know, on cruise control and then went to the NFL 0-60. to 60. Like, I went from pressure to the, but the pressure in the NFL was amplified a hundredfold. And I remember thinking, this is crazy. There is a lot of shit going on that has nothing to do with what I was experienced in college football. And I was a big part of recruiting, game days, everything. I saw it all. And the NFL was like a different world. And it's the reason why I think we red flag sometimes college coaches making the jump. You're like, well, it doesn't really parallel each other, right? Because in college football, when you're coaching in Ohio State or Florida or Oklahoma or wherever, every one of your recruits is a first-round pick. Where in the NFL... If you're lucky enough to be like the Jags, you get two first-round picks. But for the most part, you only get one. You get one pick in every round. And you get seven picks, right? I mean, depending on trades, but you know what I'm saying. And then depending on how much money you have, you can only sign a certain amount of players. So Urban Meyer takes his running back when I, they already had a running back. James Robinson was good last year. I talked to a dude in the league who was like, you know, during our draft process, we went over some guys that we hit and missed from last year and was like, why didn't we just take James Robinson? We loved him. Like, this was a guy who was highly thought of in the league, who goes to the Jags and then ran for over 1,000 yards. Like, they have a good starting running back. And then you add Carlos Hyde, who Trent Baalke drafted, Urban, you know, had at Ohio State. Like, they had two running backs. Take a running back later. But whatever. I like Travis Etienne. But to change positions has this feel like, okay, you know, the drip, drip, drip thing. First, you hire the, the strength coach from Iowa. And listen, I don't pretend to know all the details. I just know... 
You had to fire him within a day. Like that happened. You had to fire him within a day. Then you want to take Tim Tebow at 34 years old, which I don't even have a problem with, but let's face it, once you factor in the strength coach, now you got Tebow, now you're moving Travis Etienne to wide receiver. I simply have to ask, are you a little over your head? Do you belong at this level? I think it's fair to question. Because you go back and you look at some of the successful NFL or college coaches that made the jump. Pete Carroll would never have been considered a college coach, I don't know, before he got to USC. Why? He had been coaching in the NFL forever. Assistant for the good 49ers teams, coach, head coach of the Jets, head coach for the Patriots. He had been a head coach for multiple NFL teams before he went back to Seattle. Really, he took an NFL mindset to USC. Harbaugh had been, I don't know, 15-year NFL player. And then his coaching start, he worked for Al Davis and the Raiders. So he had played and coached in the NFL. Think about the guy who we really questioned, who was much closer to Urban. Now, his college you know, track record was so different because he was at a small school. He got to a big-time program. He became a head coach within basically a year and took him up a level. But the program he took over, Oregon, was really good. It was Chip Kelly. He goes to, you know, uh, Philadelphia, has a little success early, and then eventually his quirky bullshit and the offense that he runs gets smoked out, and it's a complete disaster, and Jeffrey Lurie has to pack up his stuff and tell him to leave before week 17, his third year. They couldn't get him out of the building faster. He went to the 49ers. It's the worst statistical 49er season in the history of the franchise. It was an embarrassment. He'll never, ever sniff the NFL again, even as a coordinator. They're, they're in a soul who'd hire him as an offensive coordinator in the NFL. He will probably be fired from UCLA after this year. But, like, he was a college guy who was a little overwhelmed in the NFL after over time, right? Where Urban Meyer, to me, is closer to a Chip Kelly. He has no NFL experience. Never coached a day in his life in the NFL. Which, ultimately, like, I could find great high school coaches. I just had a good buddy, Eric Brown, who was a player when I was at Fresno State, who just became the head coach at Clovis West. It's one of, like, the powerhouse high school programs in Fresno, in the Valley, which produces a lot of college players. And if I took Eric Brown and I put him on Andy Reid's staff or on Sean Payton's staff as a linebacker coach, he'd have no problem. If you can coach in high school, you can coach in college, if you can coach in the pros, you can coach. Now, being a coordinator, being a head coach gets a little more complicated. It takes time, takes a learning experience. But if you can coach, if you can interact with humans, if you can be a boss in insurance, you can probably figure out a way to be a boss in healthcare, be a boss in the podcasting world. Like you, There are certain things dealing with people that are always going to translate. And I don't think that Urban Meyer, some of his culture stuff, it's going to work. The problem I have is he's clearly over his head. I don't know on the most important stuff. Evaluating talent in the draft, in free agency, and putting him on the team. My mom could draft Trevor Lawrence. You don't get any credit on that. Like Ryan Grixon doesn't get any credit for Andrew Luck. Everyone and their mother would have drafted him. Where you get credit for are all these other players. You draft Travis Etienne 25th overall. When, like I said, you probably didn't need to take a running back. And then you immediately move him to wide receiver. I have... I don't know what else to say beside what the hell are you doing? You feel overwhelmed. It feels like a drip, drip, drip. It feels like, is this going to be a disaster? And you know right away. Like, we knew right away with Gruden. We were like, yeah, this isn't adding up. 
Khalil gone, Amari gone, just weird stuff happening, weird draft picks, never sniffed the playoffs. Like, yeah, it's just, it is what it is. You know right away. Like, I'm not going to make a grandiose statement that Urban and the Jags are just going to consistently suck because, like I said, he is a really good coach. But in the NFL, he's not a scheme guy. So the one thing Chip had to hang his hat on, like, was his scheme. He ran the offense. He was the offensive coordinator. Urban doesn't do any of that. Urban's pure culture, pure gusto and adrenaline. A little bit like Harbaugh when he got to the 49ers. The difference was, look at those 49ers rosters. Bowman, Willis, Justin Smith. They draft Alden Smith. Like Vernon Davis, Joe Staley. They draft Upati, Bam Davis. Frank Gore's already there. Crabtree, Vernon Davis. Like that team was stacked. They just needed a little direction. If you gave Urban Meyer that Niner team, they probably would have had some success. The Jags, complete disaster. Not much talent. You need to like pick the right players. I like Travis Etienne. I'd want Travis Etienne on my team. Playing running back, not playing wide receiver. So, listen. It's not good. I mean, bottom line. Saying stuff like this discredits yourself. And I, I think it's hard for people to understand this, but a lot of coaches are not great evaluators. They're really not, because it is difficult. You can't live in the immediate. You have to project, especially with the draft. Part of high school recruiting for Urban, he was picking the cream of the crop. Like, he was getting every five-star he wanted. He was getting all these guys that were kind of ready-made players that were going to go right to the NFL. Chase Young, the Bosas, the Zeeks. Like, th- this team was stacked with star players. You and I could have recruited there. The NFL draft's hard. It's hard for, you know, Belichick's and Chris Ballard's and guys that have been doing it for a long time, right? Let Mickey Loomis, let alone a guy that's never ran a draft, and now his first draft, and listen, you could say Trent Baalke's the GM. Trent Baalke answers to Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer's the boss. Take a running back in the first round, which, let's face it, was a little bit of a head-scratcher, but then to move him to wide receiver? Here's what I do know. If I'm the Tennessee Titans and I'm Vrabel and I'm John Robinson, if I'm the Indianapolis Colts and I'm Frank and I'm uh, Chris Ballard, I'm licking my lips because I already know the Texans suck. I mean, it, it's not out of the realm possibility they go 0-17. But this Urban Meyer thing, you got, you know, the Tebow kind of elephant in the room. Is he end up going to sign him? And they're already moving like their best players to different positions. Like, th- this is not spring, you know, uh, spring football practice at Ohio State. You can just try guys at different positions. This is the National Football League. Every rep... This guy is not behind center, taking reps on pass protection, and the offense is a wasted rep, especially in a league like you don't have unlimited practice time. The, the, the CBA has rules. Like you can't, unlike Florida and Ohio State, when you can do whatever you want, that's not the way it works in the pros. You'll get turned in, you'll get in trouble. There are bylaws of this bad boy. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know, man. I it's it's different. It doesn't parallel the situation perfectly, but a little bit of a John Grudeny feel. Right now, I'd probably bet against this working as smoothly as even I once thought. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. 
Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moon roof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Winter's coming here in L.A. That means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All-season tires. All-weather tires. Dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of hand-cooked tires. Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for a couple of years. Mobile tire installations available all over the country. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to your home or work. Install them on site. Game changer. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. See their hand cook, test results, and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're experts. TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com the way tire buying should be. Rookie minicamps. I saw they're going viral on, on the Twitter.com, on Instagram, teams' websites, the internet, the interwebs. Just all these pictures like Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence. It's cool. I'm not going to argue it's not cool if you're a fan seeing your first-round pick, Najee Harris, in your team's uniform. It never gets old. Now, it for me, like I was not going to go to the Niners rookie minicamp. Like, I, I, I was texting with a coach. This week, an assistant, he's like, God, rookie minicamps are so stupid. But I, I get it. It's part of the deal. It just, it is what it is. I'm going to equate rookie minicamp to dating. If you, Whoever your significant other is, whether you're in a serious relationship, whether she's your fiance, whether you're married, you had to start somewhere, right? You had to have a first date. Maybe you met through a friend. Maybe you met on the internet. Maybe you met at a party. Eventually, you just ask them, hey, can I take you out? Can we go to dinner? The first date's a pretty big deal. You just, I, I don't believe you can necessarily fall in love at first sight. You can obviously be really attracted. First date can go really well. You're like, damn, I want to have another date. I want to spend more time with this person. This is awesome. This is going really well. She's way cooler than I thought. 
damn, this is, you know, this is, I, this is what I'm talking about, right? But we've all had the first dates where if you could press that button, the eject button, you know, that the, uh, the fighter pilots do when, they're, they're, when their plane gets shot down or when they have a malfunction, they press that button and it ejects them. We would all have done it several times because we've all been on a date where you go, this is miserable. I can't believe I'm sitting here. What can I possibly do to get out of this? How can I run away? I've, I don't know if I've ever known anyone who's done this. I've definitely read about it where girls too. I mean, fake go to the bathroom, whatever, and just leave. <laughs> like your date has to be going pretty, pretty terribly for you just to bounce mid meal. Uh, but it surely happens because it can go. Some people just aren't compatible, right? You're just like, yeah, we're not vibing. This is not going to work. I don't see any uh, any future in this bad boy. I think rookie minicamp's a lot like that. Ideally, you just your first date, you just want to have another date, right? That's where when you're going to the first date, you're just like, I, I want this to go well, like each other, and it just goes on. We can start, you know, dating or whatever, right? The the thing you are, you would never go to a first date if you knew it was going to be terrible. If I told you before a first date, you're like, this is going to be the worst experience of your life. You'd be like, well, I'm not going to go. Well, rookie minicamp, you are just praying to God. You don't need to fall in love. You don't need to ask her to marry you. You just want them to look good. You just want them to be able to, if you're a quarterback, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, take a snap. Throw a basic out route. And just be like, oh, we knew he was big. We knew he was fast. We knew he had a big arm. That went well. He just looked solid. He just looked like we thought he was going to look. And you can just take a deep breath. Because the moment you go, uh, this is not what it's supposed to look like. Uh, we got a long way to go. Not the end of the world. But unlike dating, you can just not date them anymore. The moment you drafted them, you basically married them. At least for four years. That's what a first round contract is. Yeah, later round picks. But any guy early in the draft, you know, you're not cutting a third round pick. Unless you're John Gruden, then you'll trade the guy mid-training camp. But you see what I'm saying? Like, you just want to go to rookie minicamp, especially if you have a quarterback. And that could be a guy as hyped as Trevor Lawrence. It could be a random guy as Kellen Mond. And you just have a practice and you go, okay, that's this guy looks like an NFL player. We got something to work with here. Your wide receivers, your offensive linemen, you're like, okay, we, we feel good about this. You can't come away with any, you know, grand proclamations that we got a Hall of Famer, we got an all-timer, because you, you have no clue. The 49ers had 22 players at their practice. They did not have a defensive lineman. There literally was not a defensive lineman on the practice field. There are corona rules right now, so you couldn't sign a bunch of random undrafted free agents to fill out. But so all these rookie minicamps are not even normal rookie minicamps. They're missing players. It's basically like seven-on-seven practice and shorts and a t-shirt. But you can at least see like, okay, this is what it's supposed to look like. Physically, he's got the arm. He can take a snap. A running back, you know, can make a cut. He plays fast. We just, we can just kind of exhale. Now, once you get to veteran mini camps and training camps, it obviously gets accelerated. And it's like the intensity of dating someone seriously. Like the more and more you date, like things just get more serious and the more variables come into play. But that first date, that first mini camp, you're just praying to God it goes smoothly. And you go, yeah, I'm looking forward to my next practice with the guy. I'm looking forward to my next date with her. Because if it's any other reaction, and I'll never forget, I was in Philadelphia when we drafted Danny Watkins, the firefighter from Canada that played at Baylor. It was clear early on the guy was awful. Like you just knew it right away. 
I, I, and part of it, and this is where I think coaches have a better feel for it than just a personnel guy on the sideline. If the meeting rooms, if they're overwhelmed, they get to practice, they don't know what's going on. You go, God damn, we might have a bigger project than we thought. Because part of football is not just physically, right? You have to be able to mentally take what they're telling you. And you don't, like, you can know what they learned in college, right? Talk to their coaches, talk to the player. But you never truly know till you start giving them information in the meeting room, on the whiteboard, in the walkthroughs, and then you take it out to practice. And it, there can be a lot of information coming. The Alabama guys, they're used to things flying. They're used to information. Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma, like these guys are used to a lot of information. But sometimes you get a guy from a smaller school, a school that you've never drafted before, and you go, God, this guy, this is a little much. Sometimes it's the opposite. You get a guy, you're like, I didn't think we had that much there. And you go, damn, we might have something. Now, it doesn't mean just because you have one good first date doesn't mean you get married the next day. Just because one fifth-round pick makes a bunch of plays in rookie minicamp doesn't mean much. But you might go, you know, okay. I remember talking to a dude with the Raiders when Hunter Renfro first showed up. They're like, I, I think this guy's better than you think. And Hunter Renfro's a good player. I mean, he's a starting slot receiver on a really good offense in the NFL. And you can kind of tell, like, we got something. The number one key to me, though, is just to not be a disaster. And if you're not a disaster and you're not an embarrassment, that's the goal. <laughs> that is, and obviously no one gets injured. But if the number one goal, no embarrassments, no embarrassments, no major problems, obviously no injuries, you hold your head high and you just work to the, you know, to the normal mini camps, which it feels like are right around the corner. A former neighbor of mine, Najee Harris, Alabama running back, Antioch's own, Antioch, California. You know, we can't, we struggle to keep, you know, our players out West. You know, that guy should have ended up at like UCLA or USC or Oregon, but he went to Alabama. Hard to blame him. <laughs> ended up getting drafted 24th overall and is now on the Steelers. He said something this weekend. He said a couple things. He was funny about dudes. I, they must have not allowed the reporters on the minicamp practice, so they were up in the facility, and he he called them boosters. Like He was just confused what was going on. He's funny. He's a funny interview. He also said something that really jumped out to me, and I think it, it kind of shows what all these teams, general managers, their coaching staffs, and the scouts are looking for in a player. Because I, I think we underestimate like the transition from college to the pros. I, I know this. When I left college, in college, I ended up not like the last couple of years in college, I was bored. I had so much time on my hands. I, I, I aspired to do more. I was like, God, this is, I, I'm not enjoying this anymore. Now, don't get me wrong. I enjoy drinking on the weekends or whatever, but it was just a lot of downtime. And once I started working, I never had less time. Like when I went to work, now granted, I mean, I went to work in football, but a lot of my friends that went to work in finance, went to work, you know, go to work at KPMG accounting firms, like the most you ever going to work the first four or five years, once you leave college. For us non-football players, college is kind of a joke. Now, if you're listening and you went to a really good school with your major was hard, you probably spent some time in the library. I would only go to the library sometimes just to power down my breakfast burrito and uh, read the newspaper, not to study much. But for me, college was, I had more than enough time. For Najee Harris, he said, quote, we got hella free time compared to Alabama. 
And I think this rings true for dudes at Clemson, at Ohio State, at Michigan, at USC, whatever, Texas, Texas A&M, Oklahoma. When you're a college football player, I lived it when I was a GA at Fresno State. It's crazy how much limited free time they have because everything's either football-oriented, working out-oriented, or school-oriented. Now, obviously, every once in a while you get a free night, but for the most part, they have way less free time than all the students. And then once they get to the workforce, if you're Najee Harris, you actually have way more free time on your hands than you just had in college. But here's the difference. You have a lot of money. I'm sure everyone listening, your first couple years out of college, 23, 24, 25, if you went into an industry that's competitive, you probably worked a lot. And if now 10 years, 20 years later, you were making way more money. So back then, you worked the most you ever had in your life and you had the least amount of money you've ever had. Now, obviously, you didn't have any money before you left college, but I'm just saying like on the income scale, you usually make the least amount when you first get hired somewhere. It's the opposite in pro football. I pay you a ton and I give you more free time. So really a lot is dependent on your own self-discipline, your own focus, your own ambition, your own drive. A lot of times when we talk about guys that quote-unquote bust in the NFL, I, I don't hate that word, but I think that word is a little bit disingenuous because when I think we use the word bust, it's like the equivalent of like, you know, popping a balloon. It just blew up. It sucked. For the most part, I don't think most guys didn't have enough talent, especially highly drafted players. I think the majority of players fail. Jamarcus Russell, Trent Richardson. I mean, we could just go to recent bus. Upstairs. They didn't have the discipline. They didn't have the work ethic. Like They had the physical talent. We saw these guys at the highest level in college, the highest level, their pro days blowing it up, like how, how physically gifted they are. But when they get to the pros, they don't really know what to do. Because think about how many people you knew. <clears throat> like, I was lucky in high school. Uh, I guess not lucky, but like, I partied. I was around a lot of stuff that I ended up being around in college. And that never did anything for me. So it was easy for me to say no. Sometimes in college, my last couple of years, like I wouldn't, if I didn't want to go out, I wouldn't go out. Like I've been partying since I was 15 years old. It wasn't that new to me. It didn't really do that much for me. But I knew some people who got to college, even people I didn't go with to college with, guys I'd gone to high school with or that I would knew friends that they had gone to like other high schools with in Sacramento and had gone to places like USC or Arizona. And they failed out of school within a year because they had no self-discipline. They were overwhelmed. They didn't know what to do. Honestly, it's somewhat similar in the NFL. Like, you have to be a self-starter. Now, obviously, coaches are on you. The veteran players are on you. There's an infrastructure in the pros to help you out. But the infrastructure in Alabama will not let you fail. Because it, it doesn't give you any free time. It doesn't give you any wiggle room. I think, and like, you could list probably a bunch of programs. But where Najee Harris is coming from, you go to Alabama, you may end up not being a good enough football player to become a pro football, you know, to one day get drafted high, whatever, right? You might just be a role player on Alabama, but you are going to be successful when you're in that program. That's not true for the NFL. And part of it is just simply, it's the private sector. And if you're not a first-round pick, if you're a fourth-round pick and you start acting like an idiot, it's like, I don't have time for this. Cut, see ya. You're not really getting cut in college football. In the pros, if you're not on a contract where I can't get rid of you and you start acting like an idiot... Remember the undrafted free agent last year in Corona that snuck 
the girl in in a Seahawks uniform to the hotel and he got caught the next day Seattle cut him. It's like, bro, what are you, what are you doing? This is, you don't get second chances here. Bye. Adios. It's on you to figure that out. It's not on the coaches. We're not going to hold your hand. Like there are some basic elements of life that you better be able to figure out. And then there are these other, you just issues that humans bring, right? How many family members are you bringing? How many people that are going to be dependent on you? Can you handle it? And some people are really mature and they really can't. Or they're strong enough to say no to certain people and yes to others. You know, you got to kind of keep a tight circle. Not everyone is equipped to be able to do that. Some people feel overwhelmed. You know, if you're Mike Tomlin or you're Kyle Shanahan or you're, you know, Mike McCarthy, you got 8 million things going on. Like you can't hold everyone's hand. And I'm even including the, you know, the 10 rookies. You need some of these guys to act like grownups. Just have some basic common sense. When I tell you to be here, you got to be there. But they're, they're not going to send someone to your house. Now, I mean, technically in the NFL for a rookie, they probably would. But you know what I'm saying? Like in, the, in college, they're class checking. They're, they're walking you to the academic advisor. Like in the pros, if the meeting's at 8, like come for breakfast at 7.30. The high-level guys are getting there at 6.30, getting a workout in first. But ultimately, it's on you to pick and choose when you're going to show up. You just better be there by 8. Now, if you want to be a really good player, you probably got to be here by 6.15 and get 45 minutes of workout, shower, get a breakfast, get a little film study before the meeting even starts. But as Najee's saying, we got hella free time. So your free time, what are you going to do with the free time? Are you going to get in trouble? Are you going to run around and like push the envelope? Are you going to get extra work in? Are you going to study? It's the thing that we talk about so much in these draft meetings. And everyone talks about it. Every GM, every coach. And you try to decipher what makes every guy tick. And you spend so much time once you decide if the guy's good enough or not. What he's like as a person. But like, think about how many human beings you've met over the years. At first that are cool and then they become assholes. Or at first they're assholes and then they become the greatest guy. You never know. You, have, you really don't have any clue until the more and more time you spend around them. Like with time, it's why the cream always rises. No different in the NFL, as in finance, as in a classroom, as in the medical field. Because the guy who's relentless, who's focused, who's determined, who's disciplined, is going to keep improving. The guy who has the talent but cuts every corner, who's not showing up early, who's not taking care of his body, who's not doing the right things, is going to eventually fall behind. And... Ultimately, like what will define, like Najee clearly has the talent. And I'm not, I'm just using him as an example. Like if he becomes a great player, like the, think about the great players in Pittsburgh of the last couple decades, right? The one thing they always said about Antonio Brown, I had Darius Hayward Bay on this podcast. Like, that guy was so incredible as a worker in practice. The reason Gruden okayed and Mayock traded for him is because Gruden at Monday Night Football used to go to Pittsburgh Steelers practice, getting ready for games. And that dude was running every play, 80 yards to the end zone, Jerry Rice style. His practice habits were incredible. Now, he's a little crazy, but from a work ethic, the reason he kept passing everyone, he outworked them all. I've said these stories about what I hear from people with the Chiefs about Patrick Mahomes. Like, he's not just accidentally that good. His work ethic, his drive, his focus, the amount of time he puts into his craft is insanity. Like, if someone could literally print out what he does during the season, I think it would blow people away. The PGA Championships this weekend. Like, the best players, the amount of time they put into their golf game, the elite players, the guy that ends up winning this tournament, 
is holding the trophy and is a major champ at the end of the weekend, it won't just because he played well this weekend. It'll be all the years, all the recent work he's done, all the time in Corona he honed his skills in, the last six months. It's all that stuff. And in football, you have so many different variables because you have 11 guys on the field. You have a 53-man team. you got all these coaches. The amount of time everyone, you got to just kind of take care of your own stuff is more than I think we talk about. It's something that's just the untalked about part of the sport. And all these rookies are going to realize pretty quickly, it's like, damn, I got some money. I got some days off to do whatever I want. It's kind of up to me. It's like, yeah, it's the real world. It ultimately is up to you. How good do you want to be? The reason Tom Brady became the greatest quarterback ever is not because God just handed him the greatest talent ever. He's a freaking machine. Dedicated his life to the sport of football. And has reaped the rewards. But I think the first thing he'd tell you would be like, this didn't randomly happen. When you're sleeping, I'm working. When you're eating a cheeseburger, I'm eating avocado ice cream. (laughs) Right? The reason I got so drunk at that party, I don't drink anymore. That's why I could barely walk. You ever not drank for like a month and then like had a cocktail at dinner? You're like, damn, I feel pretty good. That's how Tom Brady probably felt when him and Gronk slammed a couple tequila shots before the parade. Because he's never drinking. He's too focused. Trying to win a Super Bowl. Now he's got seven. Now it doesn't guarantee you're going to be a Hall of Famer or Super Bowl champ, but it does guarantee that you're going to be in the best position to possibly have success. And uh, that's the thing with the rookie minicamps. These guys, I think the guys that really separate themselves early on are the mature guys or the focus. Now, everyone matures at different rates. You know, I mean, I, I'm someone, like, I kind of, I view myself as a slow mature. Like, it took me probably to my late 20s and definitely my early 30s to really get some stuff that I'm sure peop, some people had in their early 20s. It's a big advantage you have in life if you were mature at 20. You have the upper hand on a guy like me, right? You're a decade ahead on just some basic things. And I'm still working on it, but... Like, if you are focused early on, you can really separate yourself in the NFL. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Hey guys, it's Rich Davis from Covino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance or any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew could stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you could sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. 
Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter what your style, you could drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Winter's coming here in L.A. That means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All-season tires. All-weather tires. Dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of hand-cooked tires. Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for a couple of years. Mobile tire installations available all over the country. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to your home or work. Install them on site. Game changer. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. See their hand cook, test results, and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're experts. TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Okay, let's dive into a little thing we like to call the Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. You guys know the drill. DMs wide open, baby. John, thanks for the content. Have much respect for the pod. Made the account to ask you about Mahomes. He has been a starter in the league for three years. His TD to interception ratio for those three years is 50-13, 26-5, 38-6. I think you meant 50-3. and He threw 13 picks his rookie year or second year. His win-loss for those three years are 12-4, 11-3, 14-1. In 2020, he played five teams with 10 or more wins. In those games, he had 14 touchdowns and three picks, 71% completion, and a QBR of 84. He was the passing leader last year before he sat Week 17 and did so with six offensive line opt-outs or injuries throughout the year. I would appreciate a truly unbiased take on the Casey quarterback from a former NFL scout's perspective. I grew up as a Chiefs fan. Am I biased to think that he is still improving? Could the best... Could the best two seasons of his career be his next two? They play the NFC East this year. Could you see KC winning 15 or more games this season, or am I just being over-enthusiastic fan? I think when you look at Aaron Rodgers and you look at Tom Brady, hell, look at Russell Wilson. If you put all your chips in the middle of the table on at this sport, and you do absolutely everything you can to be the best possible player, and you have freakish talent, really, Brady's not a great example for Mahomes in terms of talent, in terms of work ethic and stuff. Obviously, that's what you want. But he's really more a Rodgers type, right? Just insane physical gifts. Unlike Rodgers, who hated Mike McCarthy, he has Andy Reid and a ton of talent. And from everything that I've been told, that Mahomes is everything you could possibly want if you drew up a player in a lab off the field. The character, the work ethic, the drive, everything we've talked about. The physical gifts are mind-blowing. We all agree he's, you know, him, a young Favre, a young Rodgers. Like, I didn't see Elway or Marino, but, like, his talent is Pantheon-level just physical gifts. So, yeah. How does anyone stop improving if they keep trying at their craft? Think of whatever you do. If you're a coder, if you're a podcaster, if you're a stock trader, even if you're a freaking elite. Like, if you ask Warren Buffett, Did you get better over your life? He'd say, hell yes. I got better. 
You think Bill Belichick is a better coach now than he was 25 years ago? Of course. Than he was 10 years ago? Of course. So yeah. I mean, I don't think it's even a question that health permitting, the upside and the ceiling for Patrick Mahomes is it's going to be hard for him ever to win seven Super Bowls. Let's just, let's go conservative and say he wins just two total. He wins one more. I do think it'd be possible to go down in the way we talk about him. <clears throat> Most talented guy to ever play the position. Brady's just, it's going to be hard to knock him off with seven rings. And he played till 44. But I think Mahomes has a lot to gain. He has the next decade to become just an all-timer. Look at, did you watch the last dance? How focused Michael Jordan was? You think Michael Jordan, like, ever stopped? If you never stop trying to improve at your craft, which I don't think he's going to, yeah, I mean, I, I think his next, his best football could come in his early 30s. Now, he might not be quite as physically as potent, but he'll be smarter. The more reps you get at anything in life, the more of a ability to recall and know what you're getting into. Experience makes us better at whatever we're doing. What will it take for the NFL to expand in Toronto? I love the NFL and fantasy football just adds to the excitement. There are so many Canadians who feel the same way, especially here in Ontario and around Toronto. I appreciate the chance to send a message. Thanks, bro. Uh, I would say it's not happening. I cannot see... I, I don't pretend to know that much about the Canadian demographics, but if we expand... When I say we, I mean the National Football League. It feels like London and maybe another team. But it feels like, I, I don't think they're going to expand. I, I, I think they would just move teams. Now, could a team move? Like, would the Bills? You know, their owner now is really rich. I, I don't know, you know, any Bills fan has a better feel for the stadium situation, the lease. Like, that, that all factors in. Uh, I see it in my own backyard with the A's. It's just this dog and pony show. It's like, just just go to Vegas. Just leave. You, you're not going to stay here. We get it. You just go. But I think the Bills of Poligulas have a stupid amount of cash. So I, I can't see expansion happening. They're not enough quarterbacks. You know, part of the strength of your league is on the quarterback play. And as we know, there aren't 32 legit starting quarterbacks. There's probably like 15. So you can't keep expanding when you don't have enough quarterbacks. Now, one day, if there's enough quarterbacks, maybe you could think about it. But I, I would lean – don't have any inside information on this one, obviously. I would lean that the Toronto's not getting a team. But I hear you. It would do well. Uh, longtime listener of the podcast, keep it up. What the heck is going on with the TV contracts with the PGA Tour or the Golf Channel and its partners? When times get moved up because of weather – why isn't there something in place where live TV coverage is on television? This is something that drove me nuts this weekend. As a gambler and a watcher of the PGA Tour, the great part about football, whenever a game starts, whether it's a 6 a.m. kickoff in London, whether it's a 6 o'clock kickoff on NBC or Monday Night Football, we watch the entire game. The worst part about PGA Tour golf, you don't get to see the entire tournament. This weekend, they had a rain delay, or I mean, rain coming in, so they moved up all the times. At 10 a.m., the, the tournament came on Golf Channel. I flip on Golf Channel. They're showing Jordan Spieth tee off, which, in theory, is cool. And then I click on my phone, and he's on hole 10. It's like, guys, it's 2021. I get in 1991. I get in 2001. Hell, I'll even give you 10 years ago. 
But in 2021, with the internet, you're throw, throwing up tape-delayed live events. Here, here's a simple reality of sports television right now. Football's king. The real estate and market share for number two, three, four are wide freaking open. I read a good article this weekend. The NBA has lost 50% of their fans in the last five years. Adam Silver is not very good at his job. Baseball has an older demographic. Soccer is rapidly growing in this country. PGA Tour golf, just a random tournament, does like 3 million people. The majors get a lot of people. You have to be consumer friendly. The number one thing I will give the NFL and where they've run laps around the other leagues, they're the most consumer friendly. I buy a $200 ticket and I'm going to go watch Niners Rams. If Matt Stafford or Aaron Donald or Debo Samuel or Nick Bosa is not playing, the reason I know they're not playing, they're either suspended or they're injured. I've had so many friends go to NBA games and be like, I bought this ticket, LeBron's coming to Sacramento. And then he sits. I go to the Warriors game. Ah, Clay's not playing this game. Not because of injury, because of rest. That's not consumer friendly. And then as a TV viewer, like I know when I watch football, if your guys are healthy, they're going to play. And the most powerful thing these leagues have now is our time. Am I willing to give you my time on my couch as a sports viewer? Because that's where they make their money. Well, part, I mean, I think a major problem for the NBA is I sit there to watch a game. It's like your stars are resting. Like it's basically an F you to me sitting on my couch. You're saying you don't care about the sport. Why should I? Baseball, just the monotony of the, you know, the pace of it can drive. I, I love baseball, but I, I think it's hard for some people. But for the most part, like if Aaron Judge is healthy, Aaron Judge is going to be in the lineup. In football, it, it couldn't be any more consumer friendly. In golf, it just is very challenging to watch. You're like, I got to watch Golf Channel, and then I got to go to the other channel. You need to find a way to make it easier. Because the number one thing moving forward that, that my generation is going to be used to, very stuff being easy. My, my mom's dog, Callie, needed, like has a chain. And the chain, the way it is, is like kind of, uh, I don't even know what the material is, kind of metal and it kind of rips. And if you're yanking the chain back to get Callie to come back, it can cut your hand. So my mom's always cutting her hand. I'm like, mom, I'll get you a new rope. I was, we we're sitting there on Mother's Day. She's like, yeah, we need a new rope. I pressed two buttons, Amazon app on my phone, one button, 50 feet of rope with two cooks for chains next day at her house. You know why Amazon dominates? The number one reason they dominate? Not even necessarily because their stuff is cheap and it's, it used to be cheaper. Now it's probably more normal price points. It's easy. It's simple. You know what? I'm out of uh, Gatorade Zeros. Do I want to go to the store today? No, I don't really want to go to the store. I'm at my desk. What can I do? Amazon, boom. Give me uh, Gatorade Zeros, reds, and the, and the yellow ones. Boom. At my door the next day. The consumer in modern day society, especially the younger ones, and I think the older ones are adapting this too, you better be easy. You better make it easy on me. Whatever you do. And the NFL makes it simple. It, it make it, the games, it's very straightforward when they are. You know you're getting the players. You, you know, if they're not injured, you know you're getting their best effort. Golf can make it a challenge. And I'm a golf lover. I mean, PGA Tour should die for a guy like me who has a massive football audience to like hype up their sport. And if anything, it's driving me nuts. Come on, guys. We got to get with the times. Can't be archaic. I read today that a player who suffered an Achilles injury working out from a team facility will be cut prior to 6-1 and will not get $10 million in salary. I never thought this was a risk if you're working out. 
I've heard of clauses like no basketball or motorcycles, but not no working out. How do you see this playing out in terms of president contract or president, uh, president and contracts determining football and non-football injuries? If someone working out away from the facility, it almost seems to encourage that the player throw, catch, and work out with their own time. What gives? Well, the details on that little story are quite funny when you dive into it. Jawan James was working out at the Denver Bronco facility, training every day in their weight room with their strength coaches. And then the union, led by this guy named J.C. Treader and Demorius Smith, had this idea, let's gather everybody and boycott the offseason. So he went one day from working out at the facility to getting advice from union leadership to boycott the facility and go work out on his own. The reason, now, he might have tore his Achilles sometime no matter what. I'm a big believer, not a doctor, just got a Cal Poly degree. I think Achilles are born to tear, like they're going to tear for certain people. Like, you know, the uh, the wear and tear, or whatever. Like Certain people are just more likely to have an Achilles tear. It's kind of like a tire. Like once the tire gets worn down, like it's eventually going to pop. But if he had not gotten the advice of the union, who now ironically is suing the team in the league, like, hey guys, you screwed up. You gave him terrible advice. His Achilles pops, and now he's out $10 million. If he had not listened to them, or they had not given him that advice, or they had not tried to boycott the offseason, because clearly it's not working that well. I just saw Matt Mayoko, who covers the Niners, said 80% attendance today for the Niners. I saw the Raiders had about 75, and whatever team you follow, uh, you know, it's not going to be 100 because the union's trying to push some of these older veterans to show, which is your prerogative. But if you were working out at the facility, again, because that you're going to be working out whether you're at the facility or away from the facility, and then they tell you, yeah, you should probably go screw these guys. Screw the man, the big bad, the man, John Elway and the Bolins and, and the Denver Broncos. You do you, dog. Cost them $10 million. Will the union make them whole? Of course not. What will they do? Oh, they'll file, file grievances. You know what James should do? He should sue the union. But I'm sure there are, uh, you know, obligations in his contract where he doesn't have that type of power. So if anything, he's SOL. Sucks for him. Doesn't suck for the union. They just keep going upon their day. Just cost one of their members, I don't know, $10 million. Because if he had been working out in the team facility, do you know what they couldn't have done? Wouldn't have been able to get out of the $10 million. That's a union problem. Terrible advice. Easy for them to say, boycott it. Now he's $10 million uh, poor. Actually, he's not because he doesn't have it. He actually didn't have the money yet, but he would have received that money. Now, depending on the contract, maybe he doesn't receive it all, but they would not have been able to do from what I've read what they did. I'm a big Rams fan, and I was intrigued to learn that we picked up an offensive lineman from Italy through some European development program named Max Percher. A little less excited when I found out that only teams who got these players were every team in our division, but okay. I wonder if you had heard of this developmental program and what your opinion would be of players coming out of it, specifically uh, Percher. Seems like something the league would have a big interest in having the work, having work out well as far as player success that move over since they want to develop a fan base in Europe. What do you think? I'll be completely honest. I did not know that. Uh, I, I haven't heard of this developmental league. 
but I don't think it's dumb. Like, I, I think it's something smart to do. <clears throat> you know, I'll, I'll give Adam Silver one thing he did a good job of is he's developed this, this African league, uh, African developmental league. And it's led to some players. Like, talking to this dude that trains NBA player was like, yeah, you know, some of these guys are coming from the developmental process or the developmental leagues that are going over there in Africa. It happened once upon a time in South Africa with Ernie Els and golf. There are a bunch of guys from South Africa that are now on the PGA Tour. So these developmental leagues or facilities are, are, are always smart to do, right? We have how many people in this world? We only have so many people in America. And there are definitely talented people, whether it's the UK, whether it's South America, whether it's the Asian countries, that if you could find a couple, it might not be that many because there's not leagues over there for them to play, but there would be people with the body types that you could train and maybe make an offensive line. Like part of this guy, whether they found him, right, there are only so many guys that are 6'3 to 6'5 that have 300 pounds of muscle and power. So it's going to be a small percentage of people you're going to find right off the bat. But they do exist, and then you start training, and then you take a chance on them. So I don't know nothing about this, but I think it's smart. I would always have international training. Just doesn't even if you find no one, whatever. But eventually, you're going to find someone, and all it takes is one guy to have success, and then boom, then more people are interested. And like you said, then it grows. Then they show the games over there. Then that guy, if he starts on a good team, that's the goal. So, yeah, back to your original question. Never heard of them. Don't know anything about it. Smart move. Roger Goodell. Best commissioner in sports by a wide margin? <laughs> Remember when the media hated Roger? They're like, Roger! Village idiot! Roger! Get rid of Roger! Now, Roger did some dumb things, right? I, I did not agree with Deflategate. I think Tom got railroaded. Uh, I, I even think some of the stuff with the Saints, probably a little overboard. Obviously, if he saw the video on Ray Rice, you know, I probably would have suspended him for the year. But overall, from a business standpoint, there are two commissioners that stand out by a mile in my lifetime. David Stern, who I think is probably the best commissioner of all time. And I think Roger Goodell has thrown his hat in the ring. You know, in my lifetime. There are probably commissioners before me. I can't speak on them. Just in my lifetime, Stern and Roger uh, led juggernauts. They know what they're doing. And, they, you know, the media hates them. It, when the media hates you and you're a commissioner, that's a good thing. They love Adam Silver. How's that going? I, I want my commissioner to be hated by the media. That probably means we're printing money and doing big ratings. Because that's the way that David Stern and Roger Goodell were treated, you know, by the... Uh, if if David Stern had been, like, rocking and rolling in the social media days, oh, my, he would have got crushed. <laughs> Absolutely destroyed. But those are the type of guys you want running your business. Because the goal of your business is to grow and add revenue and add viewers, and that's what those two guys do. So smart move by Goodell or whoever was behind that. And appreciate you listening. Subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends. Have a great week. Adios. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. You know in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, You have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.